This is episode number 47 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Everybody, welcome back to High Impact Leaders. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and I help people acquire leadership and management skills to improve your careers and also to facilitate dynamic growth in your business. In this session, I'm going to share with you how to create compelling resumes or sales copy, if you're anything that you're trying to use to show a reader that you or your company are, are problem solvers. You can actually use this technique for that. Um, but it was specifically designed to help you create a really good resume. So if you're if you're in the job market and you're looking to to kind of get a new position, um, the resume a lot of times is the is kind of the entryway to at least get you to that interview process. And so we'll kind of show you how to how to use that. By the way, by the way, this this technique works. Well, if you're applying for a job, if you're creating a sales proposal, it's also any type of marketing document for a specific buyer anyway, um, this technique will, will work. And, and by the way, as always, if you like the session, don't forget to subscribe to the High Impact Leaders podcast. Uh, make sure that you rate the podcast, by the way. Leave me a review wherever you download the show. I know a lot of people listen on Apple iTunes or on Apple Podcasts through their, their iPhone app. Others like to listen to us on Spotify and, you know, and dozens of other different places where you can get the, the podcast. So make sure and hit the subscribe button, though, so that way you get the new episodes every week. And in addition to that, if you like the content, let, it or let, let other people know that by writing a review for us. Uh, and, and by the way, also my book, 28 Ways to Influence People, I've kind of talked about this for the last couple of weeks. This will be the last week I talk about it, by the way, but it was just re-edited and updated and re-released. And it's a really, really simple 28-day plan to become a, a better leader, to become a better manager, to become a better person for that matter. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's just a way to kind of create good, solid habits that build teamwork within an organization and get a copy of that on Amazon or wherever you get your books. All right, so let's get on with today's topic. Hey, so if you want to show the world your expertise in this session, I'm going to show you how to update your resume or any other type of marketing piece that you're, you're putting together, but it's specifically designed to help you with a resume. Um, we'll also cover um, in, in later on the session, we'll kind of show you how to update your LinkedIn profile to make it a more mark, a better marketing tool for you and, and to really show future employers, whether that is a company or a person at a company that you want to apply with, or whether you use, you're using LinkedIn as a marketing piece for for potential customers and that kind of thing. We're going to show you how you can use that to show that you're an expert in your field. Before we get to the technical stuff, though, um, we're, we're, I'm going to show you how to really avoid falling into the most dangerous trap out there with this type of thing, especially with resumes. Um, by the way, here's a little hint. Your resume should never be about you. What? <laughs> what else is it going to be about? Right? It is going to be about you, but it's going to be about something related to you that is more in tune with what the other person wants, not about how great you are. Um, because instead, you want to focus on the problems that you have helped other people solve, whether that's been an employer or customers or clients. Uh, you focus on how you have been a problem solver for those people and those prospective employers or prospective customers 
will now kind of see you as being a problem solver because when when they hire you, they're they're going to have fewer challenges to deal with because you're the person that 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 um, avoids those problems or challenges happening. So you get put to the top of the list, um, whether that's a, a proposal list or a resume list, whatever. Um, so basically, let's go with the, the first big tip. So instead of making your resume a list of accomplishments, like most people do, this is just my work history and things that I've kind of done. What you really want to do is make it a list of problems that you've solved. So um, by the way, don't get me wrong. Your resume should absolutely be about you and your accomplishments, but just a little bit different than what most people think. If 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 that's all that you highlight, then you really miss out on a great opportunity to set yourself apart from your competition. Uh, basically, human beings tend to all have a few things in common. You know, we like to think that we're a diverse group of people, but we're all human beings, right? Everybody is a, everybody, every person on this planet is a human being and every human being has a few simple things that are in common, no matter what culture you come from, no matter what your background, your experience. The first thing is that we all have problems, right? <laughs> Every single person on the face of the earth has problems. We also have challenges that we have to deal with. Well, guess what? Your prospective employer or the person who is reading your, your, your marketing document, they're not a title or a company. They are an actual person. They're a human being. It's, a, it's an actual human being that has actual problems and actual challenges. So if you kind of keep that in mind and you design your marketing documents, especially your resume based on that, you're going to be you're you're going to be uh, well above your your competition in in um, in in that particular arena anyway. So um, basically, if if we're focusing on a resume, for instance, when when that person who's making that hiring decision makes that hiring decision, the main thing that they want to know is basically, will hiring this particular person help me solve a problem, or will hiring this particular person cause more problems for me? And um, we we have to we can assume often anyway that that the prospective employer will read our qualifications and automatically conclude that this qualification will be of benefit to the company, right? That's a dumb assumption to make. They very rarely do people actually take that step um, because and by the way, it's not because the prospective employers aren't smart people. They're every one of them are very smart people, or most anyway, <laughs> depending on where you're applying. But um, many will actually do this. However, if you take this step for the employer, you make that person's job much easier. And when you make that person's job much easier they like you more, right? So if you do this little simple step, you're now presenting yourself as somebody who can make the job of the employer much easier. That's, I mean, that's a huge consideration. It's, it's, it's huge because the main goal of the, because that main goal is, hey, is this person gonna be a problem solver? And heck, he just solved this problem for me. So, okay, maybe it's, it's now lowering the risk of, of making a bad hiring decision. So the way that you are presenting your information to the employer or to the, the reader of this document is, is making his or her job a lot easier. They're seeing you as a problem solver. So basically, um, one of the things that I suggest people do, um, whether you're creating a resume or a proposal or whatever it is, is make a separate resume for each prospective 
person that you're presenting this to, right? So um, I'm not going to create a, if I'm looking for a job, I'm not going to create a single resume and send it out to a thousand different companies. The odds of you getting anything from that pretty low, right? Instead, I'm going to customize my resume for the specific person at the specific company that's going to be looking at that resume. If I'm doing a sales proposal, I'm doing the same thing. I'm going to customize that specific proposal for that specific person that's going to be reading that proposal. Um, and, and, and here's some simple things that you can do to do that, by the way. Um, if every prospective employer had the same exact problems, <laughs> a single resume would work. But realistically, though, every reader of, of is going to have is going to be looking for something totally different. They're going to be looking for different attributes. So if you can customize the content for that reader, then he or she is likely going to look at your document more favorably. I'll give you a good example of this. A few years ago, I was I was uh, I realized that I needed to hire a new website manager for for my company, for the Leaders Institute. And just so you know, I'm a I'm a geek at heart. I mean, I know a lot of you guys that have listened a while for 10 minutes, probably already figured that out, right? If you listen for a while, you know that. Uh, but um, but I'm, I'm very, very, very good at creating websites that rank well in Google searches. This is one of the things I'm good at. You know, you type in public speaking class, public speaking training, leadership development courses, that kind of thing, team building events. The, the, you type that stuff into Google. A lot of times my companies get, or my company websites anyway, will, will pop up to the top. So um, when, when I finally realized that I needed help, I mean, the company was growing so much and, and getting so big that I just couldn't handle it myself anymore and I needed to, to, to hire help. Um, I had a, a very specific list of criteria that I was using to evaluate candidates. And um, because I wasn't going to turn over my babies, these, maybe these websites, I've been working on these for like 15, 20 years, and they've made me millions of dollars. And so I don't want to just turn that up over to any Yahoo, right? So I was going to turn my babies over to an outsider, um, if, or before I did anyway, I wanted to know that they would be properly cared for, right? So my, so basically in, in my head, and I probably put this on paper too, but I know it was at least in my head, I had a decision-making hierarchy of what I was looking for in this new website manager. It was basically, um, I was looking for an expert at search engine optimization, you know, because that's something that I'm pretty good at. I wanted them to be good at search engine optimization as well. It was at the top of the list, but it was something that I would be willing to train somebody to do. So as long as they were into that thing, it would be more important than, them, than, for, them, than for them to be highly skilled in that. But the thing that I was really looking for, though, is the ability to hard code a website versus using the builder programs, you know, like the, like we use um, Divi as our, as our theme, our WordPress theme. And, and there's a Divi builder, which is awesome. It does some really pretty things, but it also creates a lot of weird code, right? So basically if somebody overuses that, those builder programs, it can cause some big problems. And then I was also looking for someone who had expertise in what's called a rich text or Google rich text. It's basically those things that, that kind of pop up um, that are extra to, um, you know, like when you, when you look, when you type in a search on Google, sometimes it, it will put additional things. Like for instance, on our websites, um, we have a, a presentation class called Fearless Presentations. And if you go to Fearless, Pre or you, if you type in like public speaking class Dallas and Fearless Presentations pop up, it will actually list the upcoming classes 
that with the dates and you know how to register and all that kind of stuff on the search in the search engine ranking. So that's that's a specific type of coding that has to be done on each one of those pages in, in order to make those make those things do that. And so I was looking for somebody that was good at that. And then the last thing I was looking for was if is if the person had some type of audio visual expertise. That'd be a great bonus, you know. I mean, that would be okay. It wasn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't kill them if they didn't have that. But if they did have it, then that could put somebody over the top. You'd be shocked, but over ninety percent of the resumes, I got over a hundred resumes within a couple of weeks, you know, because it's a fairly high profile company, you know. And so the moment that I kind of posted something, I got, I got, I got resumes out the wazoo applications out the wazoo, but over 90% of those resumes that I reviewed were focused almost entirely on how great they were at making websites look pretty. And only a very, very small percentage of the people that applied hit any of the four main criteria I was looking for. So as a result, most of the resumes were excluded from consideration almost immediately. They didn't, they didn't do any type of cursory examination, any type of cursory um, information gathering to try to um, customize their resume or their application to the thing that I was looking for. Um, and so as a result, it, it actually made my decision pretty pretty easy because I only had like three or four people to, to choose from. And so I just picked the best of that that group, right? Um, the, but I mean, that's the thing that tends to happen though. So if you, if you want to be considered, if you want to be put at the top of the list, then, it, then it's important to do a little bit of investigation before updating your resume. Uh, and, and it's amazing how much you can find out about the potential employer and what that person values most just by looking at some things that are right there at your disposal. Sometimes it's just in the job description for God's sakes. Right. But you can make adjustments to your resume now that will actually favor you. Um, and, and by the way, often you can find the details. I kind of mentioned a couple of seconds ago about the job posting. A lot of the details are right there in the job posting. Um, like for instance, um, Every company is different and, and every interviewer is going to have different challenges. They're going to have different wants they're going to have different needs. Um, and, and unfortunately, a lot of times these challenges, these wants and needs are, are rarely kind of published alongside the job description. It's not going to say, hey, so so for this position, um, you know, we're, um, uh, this is the criteria that I'm using to hire these people. It doesn't come out and say that, but. In my own example, even though I never publicized that criteria, those were things that I was looking for. I didn't kind of put that anywhere, though. Um, I, if if you looked at, if any of them looked at the job posting, they'll if they looked at the items that were in the job posting, all they have to do is kind of say, okay, well, these are the required skills. Hmm. Why is he? Well, I mean, those are kind of unique skills that he's looking for. Those are things that are kind of unique. Why did he put that one at number one? And why is that, you know, why, why are they in this order? And why did he list those specific things? Because um, at the very top, the very first line of the, uh, the job posting that I posted was our CEO is an expert at search engine optimization, and he's ready to train an eager web specialist. That was the first line of the posting, right? So they would they should that should give them a clue that search engine stuff is going to be really important to me, right? And and I also put a list of required skills, including, you know, they had to be good at Google page speed insights, which is what measures the, the 
page speed of a, of a website, um, Google My Business, which is for local searches. You know, we have a lot of offices, so we want to make sure that those show up on on the on their local um, uh, in their in local searches for in the in their areas that kind of thing. And then the rich text format, which is what I was talking about before for our events and, and things like that. So those were listed in three. I think those were three of the top four things that I, that I kind of put on the, the job requirements. And most people look at that list of requirements and they just think, oh, I got that one. Eh, I'm okay at that one. Eh, probably need to fudge a little bit on that one, right? They're thinking about themselves, right? What they should be doing is looking at that list and saying, why is that one at the top of the list? <laughs> These requirements are, they're huge clues as to the criteria that the decision maker is going to use to make that hiring decision. And once you kind of understand that and you're able to adjust your resume for that specific need of that specific person, makes it a whole lot easier. In fact, if, if, they, if they give you a list like this, then by all means, use that list to update your resume. <laughs> because with that list, the candidate, candidate can go to his or her job experience and highlight their expertise in each one of those areas. For instance, if the candidate had, had put something I don't know, just anything like at, at, at XYZ company, I had, I led a team that modernized our website's WordPress theme. And even though we added stunning pictures and video, we were also able to double the Google page speed percentage. Something like that, that I'm like, oh gosh, that person knows how to do what I'm trying to do with my website. So, okay, this person's an expert that it's doubled the speed. That's what I'm looking for. Boom. They got a notch now and they're at the top of the list. So, so being able to put things like that in your experience or, or, or um, verifying your experience with um, your, your expert, your, um, your job, um, the jobs that you've done in the past anyway, and being able to, um, to highlight examples of how you've helped overcome challenges in the areas that are listed in the job posting will do a whole lot, put you at the top of the list. Because, I mean, the real point here is that the interviewer will often give you clues in the job posting. Um, in addition to that, though, another thing that you're likely going to want to do uh, before you even start uh, updating your, your resume or the document is you want to research both your prospective company and the prospective interviewer, the person who's actually doing the interview to, de to determine the problems that that person can help you with that. I mean, that, that you can help them with anyway. So uh, it's easy. All you really have to do at least just do a Google search for the company and the person that is going to be interviewing you. Um, and specifically, pay pay close attention to postings on social media. See what's in the company's social media postings, and see what's in that person's social media postings. Um, and and all of that kind of stuff will help you um, do better at picking out specific things that are important to that person and to the the company. So let me give you a list. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go go over this in kind of a cursory fashion here. I kind of tell you the the list of research that you can kind of do when you're when you are um, putting together your your resume. And then um, and next week we're going to talk about um, how to actually use this content to update the resume in a more formal kind of way. How to use Canva and some of the other um, um, software packages that are out there that can, there, a lot of these things are free. You can actually use these things to, to help create some stunning um, resumes or documents. And then um, in addition to that, next week, we're also going to talk about how you can use LinkedIn 
to um, help you create a, a better marketing piece as well, because that's one of the first things that they're going to do for you. You're, I'm going to show you how you can research them. Guess what they're going to do about you? They're going to research you as well. They're going to look you up. So, But these are things that you should probably do before you send this organization, this person, your resume. You want to do a Google search for the company name. And after you after you do a cursory search for the company name in Google, another thing that you can do is there's a little button at the bottom of the search bar in Google where you can select news. It's in the same place that videos and images and stuff like that are. But if you hit news, you can, you'll see what's trending with that company. So if if um, if the if the company has has put out press releases or if there have been any, been any articles written about that organization that company, then um, you can kind of see what 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 they're most known for. Um, the the next thing that I would encourage you to do is is um, do a search for that company and then also put the words corporate values or core values at the um, at the end of the, the company name and do a search for that. Most of the time, you're going to end up on the About Us page of that company, and it'll tell you, these are our core values, or these are our, our five main values for if you work at such and such company, right? Um, that will help you know, number one, whether or not this is a good fit for you, whether or not you want to take the time to customize your resume for this organization. And if it is a good fit, then show in your resume how you, you, you um, use those values in your own experience. So basically, if, um, if one of the, the, um, uh, the, the uh, values is uh, customer service, let's just say that's one of the things that pops up, then show it how you service customers really effectively in each of those positions, or at least in a few of those positions that, you, that you've had in the past. So whatever it is that shows up on their values, show how you, um, sh- how you have that particular value and how you're really good at doing that thing. Another thing that you want to do is do a Google search for the interviewer, the person who's actually going to be interviewing you, because that will help you kind of find out a little bit more about that person. You'll, you, you get a lot of times you'll see their social media. One of the first things, if they are a professional um, a business person of some type, a lot of times their LinkedIn profile will show up. And if, if it doesn't show up at the top, then you might try going to LinkedIn and search for their name and see if they pop up. Um, but what you're looking for is, especially on their LinkedIn profile, is you're looking for clues that will help you identify what kind of challenges or problems that this person is facing that you, in your position, your expertise can kind of help them with. So another another big thing. And the last thing that you want to do is once you find it, once you find that person's LinkedIn profile and you have the title of that person, do a search on Google for that title. Just kind of, let's say the, the person, um, I'll give you an example. Um, Let's say that uh, the uh, let's say that the the person's title was talent developer, right? That's the person who's doing the interviewer interviewing, and so if I type that word those that title into Google, uh, it, it, talent developer. If I just type that into Google, um, I did a search for that in, in when I was um, researching for the the topic here, and basically the the results that I got back from Google was the first thing that popped up was why talent developers are the most important people in your company. And then the second thing was, are you a talent developer or a talent waster? And the next one was um, developing your organization's brand as a talent developer. And each of those articles can give you insights as to what challenges that that interviewer or the person that's going to be interviewing you may experience on a day-to-day basis. And if you can gear your resume 
content to that, or at least put some of that stuff into the cover letter, then it's going to put you at the top of the list and get you to the the interview, which is the most important thing. All right. So this is a good place to stop. uh, And uh, next week, we're going to kind of show you how to take that content and really update your resume. And then we're also going to go into more details about how to update your LinkedIn profile to make you a highly sought after person as well. So we'll cover those two things next week. All right. So thanks a lot for being a part of High Impact Leaders, y'all. Make sure and hit the subscribe button and we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.